Welcome back to Divided We Stand. I'm Victoria Lang, along with Joe Aguirre and Mike Gadiosi. And today, we have a rather somber beginning. Not, not too happy that we have to start our episode with this. We're going to be remembering RBG, the notorious RBG, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. She was a leader of all humanity. Ruth Bader Ginsburg was a hero, icon, fighter for women and girls across the nation. Time froze for girls and women across the nation Friday night as millions learned that Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, the second woman in U.S. history to sit on the high court, had died of complications from pancreatic cancer. For many, it was the loss of a hero, an icon, and a champion. She worked her entire career to eliminate gender bias stereotyping in, le in legislations and regulations appointed Associate Justice of the United States Supreme Court by President William Clinton in 1993. She's the second woman to sit on the bench of the United States Supreme Court in its 212 year history. So we really, we really lost an icon. And I really want to get into not only how devastating it is for not only women across the country, but children and pretty much everybody when you really look at it, but what it means for the future of the Supreme Court. And it's not looking too good. It's really not looking too good. Well, to put the, again, I'm putting the politics aside and agreeing with you, Victoria, that she did have a, a, an extraordinary career. Very, very smart, intelligent woman. Uh, and uh, my condolences go to her family. And um, I didn't think like I said, this is not the time to be bickering about her political ideology. I didn't agree with it, but that doesn't mean that I can't uh, share my condolences and agree that she was a very intelligent, intelligent woman. And, and got as far as she did to the Supreme Court. You have to admire that. Yeah, you know, definitely a, a great person and a, a role model for women and, and obviously being the second woman on the Supreme Court and the first liberal and, and having led the liberal block for as long as she did. Um, you know, Kate McKinnon did an amazing impression of her on Saturday Night Live. You know, the, I mean, the woman is an icon, even President Trump last night. Um, had nothing but the, the I mean, and for Donald Trump to immediately say kind and respectful things tells you the kind of person that you're talking about. And again, you don't have to agree with her liberal ideology to understand that, you know, this woman fought for gender equality. And really, we wouldn't be where we are today if it wasn't for her. And, you know, again, politics aside, you know, you, you just have to, you know, when, when a great American passes, you know, there was only one Republican senator who had something nasty to say. Everybody else has been extremely respectful. And, you know, again, you you would just sort of expect that that would be the way. Um, I'm sorry, this is President Trump did tweet this today about saving your Second Amendment. But he, he also tweeted this. Um, actually, and I'm sorry, this is this was the message that uh, the president put out, which was was very lovely, I thought. Um you know, again, a, a, a wonderful American and and someone I think we can all sort of uh, look up to and admire. Uh, Melania Trump and, and Mike Pence also released statements uh, expressing condolences. But let's be honest, this is going to get political in a hot minute. And it, and it already has to because <laughs> but I will say, you know, before we even kind of delve into that, I mean, they do already have the majority five, four, but. 
what you've already seen just here in 2020, a weird as a year as it's been, has been you've seen conservatives siding with the liberals on some really important issues. And I would caution people, you know, again, President Trump mentioning the Second Amendment's rights today, he's trying to appeal to the Second Amendment people who somehow believe that that amendment could ever be repealed, which we know it can't. Mm -hmm. Fact of the matter is, a, a conservative court isn't good for individual rights and liberties, so I don't know why anybody would want to get behind that. It's liberal right. justices, activist judges who have allowed us more rights and freedoms. So I would say to anybody, you know, I, I'd be careful what you wish for on that because corporations aren't people, but conservative Supreme courts tend to think they are. And if you feel like you're already not getting a fair shake from the man, ain't going to get any better with a, uh, with a six, three split. So we'll see how that plays out. Oh, it's going to be very, because the, the stakes got even higher. And I, and I mentioned this on the chat, the other night about how this is all going to really be a bloodbath because it already is starting. Um, what my take on this, and I got an audio clip I want to play uh, of, of, of a man that you guys consider to be a great man. Now I never really agreed with his politics, but what he says here, and I want to say this before I play the clip, I totally agree with, and this was my sentiments four years ago uh, when he picked a uh, justice to replace uh, Scalia which was Merrick Garland. Here's what this great man had to say. Can I play it now? You guys ready? Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Here we go. When there is a vacancy on the Supreme Court, the president of the United States is to nominate someone. The Senate is to consider that nomination. And either they disapprove of that nominee or that nominee is elevated to the Supreme Court. Historically, this has not been viewed as a question. Uh, there's no unwritten law that says that it can only be done on off years. That's not in the constitutional text. And there you have it. I agree with that. I was talking to my son about this today, saying, you know, the thing that the Republicans did, McConnell did to shoot themselves in the foot was not have the hearings. They should have had the confirmation hearings to decide whether they uh, confirm or not confirm Merrick Garland. They could have easily, with a Republican majority, not have confirmed them, but they should have right. still done it. They should have still done it because now they shot themselves in the foot and they're saying, whoa, you're doing it now, but you didn't do it four years ago. Mm -hmm. And that looks bad for McConnell and the Republicans. I think both Democrats and Republicans are playing politics with this. I just look at the Constitution and say, well, the president has the authority to pick and the, and the Senate has to do their job constitutionally and do the hearings and confirm or not confirm. That's my take on it. My concern is that it's just too close to an election. I don't know that you're going to have time. I don't think that you're going to have the amount of time necessary to properly vet somebody and put them through hearings. And when you've already got such chaos that you have, I, I think it's probably best that you let the American people decide when President Obama nominated Merrick Garland. I agreed with Mitch McConnell that he should wait and let the American people decide. And the irony here is Ruth Bader Ginsburg was was being pressured to step down when Obama was in office because of her age. That. And she said no, believing Hillary Clinton would win the election and would be the one to replace her. And that was all fine and dandy, but now here we are. Mm -hmm. You do have two Republican senators who have already come out and said they will not vote for a Supreme Court justice right. before the election. So that's cut you down to 
And there's also the possibility in Arizona that you uh, have an election where it looks like the Democrat is going to prevail in that election by state law. He'll be allowed to sit in his seat November 30th, which, again, would probably put him in line to cast a vote, which would give you the 50-50, which would put it on Pence, which means literally any other Republican comes out against this nomination and you don't have the votes. Right. And someone speculated Mitt, uh, Mitt Romney uh, may or may not vote. We don't know where he stands at this point. Lisa, I haven't heard. I don't know. Would you would you agree though for uh, for Mitt, Mike? That that I mean, he's already got a a, a situation. I think with his conservative credibility, mm-hmm. if he were to step forward, I mean, that would almost be a nail in the coffin for him with the with the conservatives. I, w- oh. I would say so. Yeah, I, w- I would tend to agree with that. I mean, I think he's already put the nail in the coffin already. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, I don't know. I never supported Mitt when he ran in 2012. So. Well, I, th- I, th- I thought I knew <laughs> I knew I knew Obama was going to get a second term when Mitt Romney was the candidate. So that's that's what I think of him. I liked well, Mitt. Nah. You liked Mitt Romney? I did. Well, no, Something that I never knew about you. I did. I liked Mitt Romney a lot. I'll tell you what. Um, the reason I liked Mitt Romney and one of the things Mitt Romney talked a lot about in 2012 was the fact that Russia was our biggest geopolitical enemy we were ignoring them during the debates when president obama was actually mocking mitt romney for russia uh joking about the 80s wanting their foreign policy back russia was was running war games in cuba so mitt romney saw the threat obama decided to downplay it and Mm -hmm. it blew up on our face in 2016 in a big way and according to fbi director christopher ray it's happening all over again. We've got serious issues where uh, Russia is once again sowing both uh, seeds of discord in this country and also doing anything they can to bow, uh, badmouth Joe Biden. The other very interesting thing that came out of the FBI director's testimony was uh, he said Antifa is not a terror group. Antifa is an ideology. It's not a group. It's like saying that the water is bad. The, the It's wet. You can't really, I mean, all water is water. It's a movement. It's an idea of being an anti-fascist. Uh, but according to Trump's own nominated FBI director, Christopher Ray, Antifa is not a terror group, which I thought was interesting. He also, uh, as he talked about Russia's very active interference in the 2020 election didn't specifically mention China, which is something the president has continued to push that China is trying to get involved. China just doesn't want him in office because they think he's a lunatic has nothing to do with wanting Joe Biden. It just want, they just, they don't want to see an unstable American leader any longer. And that's very telling the president attack Christopher Ray on Twitter because he didn't like what Christopher Ray said. When, in fact, all Christopher Ray was doing was relaying the same intelligence that the president of the United States has. It's ridiculous. And it's ridiculous to me that people still think that China is more of a threat to our country 
than Russia. And people just completely pass that by. People just completely brush over the transcript that Donald Trump tells you to read it. It's almost like he never read it himself. Like, I just, I just am not understanding the logic behind any of this. Victoria, when he says it's a perfect call, like, I mean, in his mind, he thinks it was a perfect call. And if you're willing to just believe that without reading the words, then sure, then it was a perfect call. This is where we are now, where the the president sees one thing. I mean, his FBI director was testifying before the Homeland Security subcommittee and was very clear that Russia is a problem. He yeah. mentioned China as being as being a, a, a state that will try to influence the election, but not to the degree of Russia. And yet the president attacked him on Twitter and people are asking why Christopher Ray's not investigating China's. I mean, it, it's it's ridiculous because they're not doing anything near what 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 Russia's doing. It's it's as simple as that. And again, as long as the president continues to push misinformation and people continue to believe it. We're, we're, we're going to be in this weird divide. And I think what you don't understand is the most divisive stuff you're seeing on Facebook and Twitter is literally coming from Russia. And it's literally right? working <laughs> every time you own a libtard or you call a Trump supporter a racist, you're just feeding into what the Russians are trying to do. We are the stupidest people in the world. We've yeah. been warned about this. We saw it happen in 2016. We're allowing it to happen again. Former National Intelligence Director Dan Coates just called for a an election subcommittee the other day to to oversee this election to make sure that it's that that it's fair. I mean, this is unbelievable that 2020 in the United States of America, we're at a point where we can't secure our elections. And Mike, I hate to say this, but I think your party kind of prefers it that way. Well, my question is, what happened to Adam Schiff's whistleblower, the one who said that the White House was suppressing intelligence from Ru- the Russian intelligence? I thought that was a big thing. Whatever happened to that? He got fired. Yeah. <laughs> That's what happened. So he got demoted the- and fired. Well, I thought they were going to investigate this because now there's another whistleblower out. That's what I thought. Then I haven't heard much about it in the news lately. I don't know what that has to do with the question I asked you. That's just an, oh, another yeah, just... another uh, another scandal that seems to be emerging. Right. I mean, I think... li- literally, the, the Republican Party has done nothing in the way of trying to secure this election. The president's talked about and has other been backed up by TikTok. other Republicans about, you know, uh, mail in, in, in balloting and, and, and what a problem that is. Literally dropping your your ballot off, whether it be at town hall or in, in the mail, he thinks is worse than, you know, say Russian interference. I mean, we have a complete disconnect right now. I, I'm curious, why is a Republican, Mike, why do you think that is? Well, I'm probably going to be evasive again. <laughs> I have reasons, I, I have reasons, Joe. People think, people think I don't have an answer. I do. I, I do have an answer, but I'm going to just, uh, I'm just gonna pass for the time is being. It, I, is and it? Besides, and besides all this, hang can on. Can I answer for you? <laughs> well, hang on. Say no, 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 no. I'm besides not all this, but besides all this, I am pretty much not the uh, Republican. Just registered. I pretty much consider myself an independent because I'm just disillusioned by both parties. It's not just the Democrats 
that drive me crazy. Republicans do the same thing. But I, well, I, welcome I, to I, my I, world, Mike. I, yeah. I think, well, there you go. I think both of these parties are are an absolute mess right now. Oh, you know, absolutely. and and it, and it won't surprise me if the Republicans are able to, uh, you know, literally bury a, a Supreme Court nomination down our throats, you know, and by the end of. They're going to do that. They no, are going I'm to sure, do that. I'm sure they If they, they can are. get it done by Halloween, I'm sure they'll do it. You know, and Mike, I, mm-hmm. I remember, I remember when this happened to Merrick Garland and I remember saying that when I, just like when I said the nuclear option. Bad idea. We we when when you do that now, you have to always consider that eventually that other party's going to be in power and they're going to do the same damn thing to you. Well, who and, is and, it that said uh, elections have consequences? Right. I mean, this is so. This. I mean, again, if I were still a Republican, I would be so frustrated to be looking at this right now. Again, as someone who eight years ago was like, "Oh, this is going to blow up in our faces." Here we go, and it's already blowing up in our faces. And again, now, and this is, I think, even more concerning for Republicans, and you're going to like this, Victoria. You know, you have the Lincoln Project. Mm-hmm. You have the Republicans against Trump. Now you, again, are seeing dissension in the ranks where Murkowski and Collins have already come out against Trump on on nominating his next Supreme Court nominee. And it's, you know, interestingly enough, Susan Collins is in the fight of her life up there in Maine. They got a real candidate running against her. She's getting Mm -hmm. a lot of support. You also should know that the death of uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg has brought in a record-breaking amount of money for the Democratic Party. You know, we're at a point where, I mean, this is really – this is like a battle for our lives, for the future, and 100%. it's getting more serious. And I, again, for me, Mike, and I think maybe you're starting to see it my way, the idea that one side is for, like, freedom and liberty and rights for everybody, and the other side is like, no, it's <laughs> hard to be on that side. It's hard to be on the side of the party that, that is constantly trying to stoke fear, is trying to stoke divide. I mean, again, this whole this whole Russian misinformation campaign, again, is meant to turn Republicans against liberals. And, Mike, listen, liberals are annoying. I understand that. I deal with them all day long. I live with a whole bunch of them. It's very annoying. I, I get it. I just, to me right now, as I look at this, they're right and we're wrong. Mm-hmm. And the Republicans are just digging their feet in and 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 don't want to see anything any other way. And I'm I'm sorry to say that's not a good way to be a human being. Mm-mm. It's not a good philosophy for legislating, and it's not gonna make things any better come November third and beyond. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, like I said a couple of weeks ago, politics is a dirty business. It really is. And both, si- both sides are really guilty of fear-mongering. It's not just the Republicans. Democrats do it, too. They both do it. Well, I completely agree. But when we're looking yeah, but, at— on. Like the fear-mongering for, for liberals, Victoria, tell me if I'm wrong, is that you're going to lose the right to choose, that you're going to lose gay marriage, that you're going to lose the things. Oh, because it's 100% accurate. It's it's truth. There's truth behind our fear. fear, It's the fear of having their rights and their, their way of life stripped away from them, as opposed to Republicans where it's like, 
everybody just wants a place at the table. And they're like, mm, really? Right. So soon? And I think I kind of want to get into this like a little bit deeper later, but I, we really have to look at not voting for ourselves individually, like not voting for our individual values or our individual morals and where that kind of stuff lies. But we have to vote looking at it from like a societal perspective. Do you know what I'm saying? We're not voting just for us. We're voting for everybody. And I think that the fact that people's mentality has gotten to that point, it's scary. I think that it's frightening. And I see it a lot with, especially when you just said that people are more afraid of the postal service and all that's happening there because I heard one of my family members say this yesterday. Well, you could just, you could just vote with a mask on and it's not secure because people have their masks on and that just does not register to them that, that, I, I just don't even understand that that is their truth. They're not living in reality. They're living in their own truth. It's They're not living the same in the as everybody else that are being parroted <laughs> to them is a, a million percent but right. But they Victoria. truly believe it. They it registers to them. They're like, yes, it, it, they believe it with their whole soul. Because they want it to be the opposite of what people like you think. And they're yes. perfectly content and they've been perfectly programmed at this point to think that everything you guys think is stupid. You know, again, I, I was having a conversation with my mother the other day who basically was like, I can't vote for Joe Biden. He wants Venezuela. My, my mother honestly <laughs> thinks that Joe Biden wants to usher in a situation like what's going on in Venezuela. She believes that she believes that that's what would happen. I mean, that's a completely Ill uh, Joe Biden is not an inspiring candidate, Mike. No, he's not. He He's not, not the he's he's not a great candidate, period. But he doesn't want to usher in what's happening in Venezuela. What a stupid idea. And the fact that that's being pushed by right wing media and that unsuspecting people like my dear own mom would would buy into that is is. I mean, that's disgusting. What What is happening? When the president says the media is the enemy of the people, he should be talking about those people. Right, 100%. And I think that it is absurd that they will buy into stuff like the Venezuela and things that are not cut and dry facts, like the fact that Donald Trump is a white supremacist and things of that nature. Like, that doesn't rattle them enough to not want to vote for him. But the fact that Joe Biden's up in Venezuela is like, oh, my God. Now, <laughs> so I don't think that Donald Trump's a white supremacist. I was just as gonna in, ask, how, how is he yeah. a white supremacist? Right. Well, so listen, it, it, I mean, Victoria, I don't know if I'd say that that's a fact. It's, that's certainly an opinion. Uh, and you certainly would have enough he evidence. He literally spent like millions no, no. of dollars listen. to get like innocent black no, I, boys. Listen, like, I was going to say, Victoria, I'm, I'm sure if I asked you to give me evidence that I'm sure there's a ton of it, and I know that would be so front much. and center what he did with the uh, the the Brooklyn Five, but 100%. or the Central Park Five rather. Um, no, uh, Donald Trump is not a white supremacist, but Donald Trump certainly played up to the white supremacists. He knows he's getting a lot of support from there, and it's unfortunately part of the reason why. And this is uh, this is unfortunate for other Trump supporters when you get called a racist. It's because yes, I mean the president has been dog whistling. The white supremacists and the and the and the white nationalists, the neo Nazis from day one. 
Uh, he's been doing that. We're all aware of that at this point. I, 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 I mean, we're not going to pretend that he but hasn't it's done not that. Like a tipping point. But it's, it's not, not like, like he's a, a card carrying member. Right. But he knows what he's doing. We all know Donald Trump's a smart person. He wouldn't say and do. I mean, he just the other day basically uh, gave support for the QAnon movement. Um, in, in a in a national interview, I mean, the, the the president's a smart guy. Make no mistake about it. Donald Trump is is a micromanager. He's always on top of things. And does he have his own set of facts? I mean, anybody that knows him says he does. He thinks what he thinks, and it doesn't matter what any expert or what any general or what any doctor says. Donald Trump thinks he knows best. It's the reason he's been a failure at most things that he's done in his life. It's the reason he's the worst president in American history. It's the reason that this country is divided and on fire. It's the reason that there's almost 200,000 dead, and they're now saying 400,000 dead of COVID by election day. It's going to be really hard to convince people like Mike and myself and the other independents who he's already currently losing that he's the right guy for the job. When all he keeps doing is pointing to riots and worse COVID problems is Joe Biden's problem, when in fact, it's what we're living right now on his watch. He's been incompetent. He knows it. Why the Republicans continue to prop him up is beyond me. You're just driving more and more people out of the party, and you just better hope you can get them back at some point. Well, I think that this especially is going to drive people further away from Trump, or honestly, some, it's going to make him like him even more after I don't think anyone, listen, I would say this, if you don't like Donald Trump today, he's not going to do anything tomorrow or between now and November to make you think he's the right guy. I was reading a poll earlier. There's about 11% of the population is, is um, undecided at this point. We're, we're down to just a handful of people who just aren't quite sure. They're probably not really paying attention. And truth be told that 11% might not even necessarily go out and vote. So most of the people that have already made up their mind have. And fortunately, where we stand right now, that's got Biden up by about 8%. And that's good news for America. And an increasing number of Republicans agree with that. Right. Maybe I do and maybe I don't. Oh, my gosh. Most people don't trust the polls nowadays. I don't know what's up with that. What (laughs) What is the logic? What's behind that? Like I thought, like I've been saying on the on the show, and I've been teasing this for the past few weeks. I have a reason or reasons why I believe Trump is doing better than the media and the polls are saying. Still not ready to. It's not ready to say it yet. Got it. Yeah. So you know, look, if you look at the numbers, this all makes sense. I mean, Joe Biden is destroying Donald Trump with the black vote, with the young vote, with women, with whites, with college degrees, with independence. He's even winning with seniors at this point. President Trump is leading with white people overall, and he's doing great with men, and he's doing great with whites without a college education. That's Donald Trump's entire support base. And that is true. And that's why it's I, so hard to I convince just, them otherwise. This isn't meant as an insult, but I just I don't know if that's gonna be enough this time around. I think <laughs> I think when you're looking at these numbers, when you're looking at at women, when you're looking at educated voters, when you're looking at black voters, when you're looking at independents, I think you're looking at a a a a bunch of people who will now look at um Ruth Bader Ginsburg's death as 
we need to either balance this thing back out or we're in trouble. And I think, again, you look at the money that's pouring into the Democrats right now with their death. You know, I, I, I would say this because I hear a lot of talk about the polls because, you know, Trump supporters are like so ashamed to admit that they're Trump supporters because they're going to get like scorned in in in, in public or whatever. Which, again, should say more about you than it does about the person that's calling you out. There maybe is just something about your views that maybe you should maybe you should reflect on them. We we here in, in Weathersfield, where I live, Weathersfield, Connecticut, just south of Hartford, uh, there was a um, a resolution um, that was proposed to condemn racism in this town. We've got about twenty six thousand people uh, over the summer. There came some some word that that there's um been some incidents at the at the high school involving the few black students that we have in town and there's been a lot of talk about how racist it can be there was a shooting of a young black fella last year in town by a police officer which was very borderline either justified or you know maybe you know there there's a lot of controversy mm-hmm. on that and I'll spare you the details in my opinion on it but they, they asked for a resolution condemning racism, and the Republicans in this town uh, initially resisted because they felt it would be admitting the town was racist. And they were told, no, that's that's not what we're saying. We're saying as a town together, we want to condemn racism. This would be a nice thing. The Democrats and the Republicans come together. We condemn racism in Weathersfield. And instead, what the Republicans offered was a chance to sit down and have both sides talk about it. And I thought to myself, well, there's the anti-racists and who would be on the other side of the table negotiating, sir? Right. I mean, it, it's, would it, it be you, are you serious? sir, who proposed it? Like, literally. Are you serious? No You're basically suggesting, well, we got to see if the racists are all right with us passing this resolution. How disgusting. And I, I thought, you know, the Republicans would be so smart to, to get on board with American. something like that. Be leaders for once. Get on the right side of history for once. I mean, they more or less admitted that they're racist by saying that. And it, it, what an absurd, what an absurd position to take in America right now. You could be against the Black Lives Matter organization. If you're against a movement, you're probably a racist. Yeah. One hundred percent. I think that, you know, there's a total difference between being against maybe what some of the fundage go to, goes towards or who is actually behind the organization as a whole rather than being like all lives matter and stuff like that you know what i mean i think that there is a clear difference between those two things sure well all lives matter and then ruth bader ginsburg dies and a republican uh congressperson goes after her i mean that's how pro-life he was until her life was over i mean I know. again the, the republican that. party is is such a in such turmoil right now and and desperately trying to clutch to the idea of being like the party of of conservatives and family values and patriotism but it's only when it's convenient you know, the president can rip a gold star family and we'll, we'll make excuses for it. I mean, it, it, it's, it's been happening for years. And this did start under Mitt Romney, this this kind of well, the whole racism thing really started uh, shortly after the McCain Obama election, which John McCain handled so eloquently and like the elder statesman that he was and offered nothing but support to President Barack Obama. And then after Mitt Romney, you'll note things changed. 
and Donald Trump and his witch hunt for Obama's birth certificate. I mean, that's where this all sort of kind of started, if you really think about it. So I just I, I, I'm so again, Mike, this isn't an endorsement of the Democratic Party. Please don't take my my words of scolding the Republicans as like praise for the Democrats, because I think that they're I think they're also enablers. I think when you look in Victoria, this is what really always shocked me. The the Democrat the Republicans under under Obama stopped him at every turn and forced him to be an executive order president. This group of Democrats are like a bunch of dum dums. They all they do is go on Twitter and they're like, "We gotta stop Trump," and it's like, "Well, that's what you're there for. Why don't you do that?" It stuns me that that they don't seem to have the ability, Mike, to to do anything in the way of being the obstructionist. Uh, Democrats that President uh, that President Trump claims them to be. Well, I mean, they're they're really not, and they really haven't had the power to stop anything. Well, again, uh, you remember what happened when uh, Trump first became president? Uh, who was more of the obstructionist? It was the Republican Party because they had the majority. They were just as bad. Yeah. I mean, I I, I mean, again, I I don't favor one party over another. I used to do that years ago. I used to be the party line guy saying Republicans are great. Democrats are bad. Uh, I learned a lot over the years to know that both parties have their faults and both parties are bad. And that's why I've been uh, saying that I've been saying to my family that, that, you know, I'm not going to be a registered Republican much longer. I'm probably going to go back to being an independent because that's what I was when I first registered to vote. I was an independent and said, I don't want to belong to any party. Now I'm getting that sense again, or I don't want to belong to any party, even right now. Republicans are, this is not the Reagan Republicans anymore. And it's not the JFK Democrats either. So. No, it's not. But I think that it's absolutely, arguably, better. I mean, I don't want to say, I mean, better for me. I don't want to just be like better, but like, honestly, better. Like the left right now, we're focusing on science. We're focusing on facts. We're focusing on wear your mask. We're focusing on ran black people shouldn't be getting shot in the street. I just, I feel like we're focused on, on some really inarguable things. You know what I'm saying? So it's hard for me because I do completely agree. I don't think that the parties are the same at all as they used to be. But I feel like the left right now is honestly leaning towards what the Republican Party used to be. You know what I'm saying? Mm, well, again, Mike, this than... Mike, Mike, you know, when, when we talk about conservatism and we talk about it, and I've talked about this many times, the Reagan conservatives, you know, uh, Margaret, Margaret Thatcher had ushered in in, in Britain. Uh, just before Reagan got in, uh, the compassionate conservatism, you know, where you cared about the poor, where you cared about your immigrants. And again, this is where that white nationalism has really affected what conservatism is. So, you know, it got very patriotic. And then suddenly it seemed like after Obama, the Republicans pretty much considered minorities like the other side. Right. Uh, they almost seem to draw a line in the sand at that point. And that's why it's so crazy now when you see like a black Trump supporter or like things uh, like of that nature. It's like they're like an anomaly or a rarity to find somebody who is not white and a Republican nowadays. Well, do you remember when Trump kicked transgendered people out of the service? And I remember thinking to myself, and I was still, 
I didn't vote for him, but I was still trying to be a Republican at that point. And I remember when he did that, I remember thinking, what, like, what is this? Why does this guy try to kick every minority group in the face? I, I don't. Like, I don't I don't like that. And again, I, I have to think, Mike, that that that's playing into the white nationalist crowd. That's not what conservatives do. And it's it's disheartening to see conservatives cheering that on, though. That's I think that's what's even more disappointing. But how 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 have we gotten to the point where Christian mm-hmm. conservatives are cheering that kind of crap? Well, Fox News did a really good job of convincing them that. Uh, Christmas and, and Christians were under attack in this country, which, Christmas. and we've had many a conversations about religion, just the fact that we say it's the year 2020 AD after his death, I think should tell you all you need to know about right. your place in the world. Christians, you won a long time ago. Okay. Uh, no one disputes that. The, the other scary thing is, is, is President Trump, and I find this really interesting. Victoria, I think you'll get a kick out of this. Probably. Donald Trump said he was going to nominate a woman to the Supreme Court next week, and he's got a short list of women all approved by the Federalist uh, uh, Organization. Yeah, but they're all Republican, aren't they? Of course they are, yes. But here's the funny part. You remember how he criticized Joe Biden for saying he was going to pick a woman to be the vice president? Yes, I 100 I guess I do. I mean— this is this Did he is the kind of stuff I'm where they were about. born before he put them up too. This is what I'm talking about. Like the the idiotic hypocrisy that and and the response is gonna be, well, you want a woman, don't you? So he's doing it. And it's like, but he just he just criticized Biden for the same exact thing. That this, it's it's <laughs> shocking. I mean, look, I, I don't think I'm any anything or anybody special. I was a Republican my whole life. I named my daughter Reagan because I loved Ronald Reagan. I loved what he stood for. Um, I highly recommend anybody who who has any questions about read Ronald Reagan's personal diaries. Uh, if you want to see a guy who was tormented every night to make sure that he took care of the working class and, and the poor of America, it was that guy. It was that guy in a big way. And after reading that, I already liked him. I had like a whole newfound respect for him. That's what the president's supposed to do. He's supposed to be out there every day looking out for the little guy. And I only hear one person out there talking about the little guy, and it's Joe Biden. Exactly. Exactly. I find it shocking that most people, Mike, I mean, again, it's, it's simply people aren't listening to what Joe Biden is saying. Joe Biden went in and, and he was talking about getting minimum wage and getting salaries raised, and President Trump was talking about you know, the the fact that he brought companies back to America, coal companies are, are back in business. What? Who gives a, a coal? Okay, but like me Dude, and three of my neighbors don't have a job because of coronavirus. The other very interesting thing was uh, both Joe Biden and President Trump are campaigning in Minnesota. Now, Minnesota is dem- uh, generally a Democratic state. It's considered a swing state this year. And why is that? Because President Trump basically let it burn to the ground. Oh, yeah. This is, this now is absolutely an opportunity to try to go in there with the fear tactics to try to swing Minnesota. I mean, that's like a Joseph Stalin move. Yeah, seriously. Do you know that I can see the smoke from the fires? Like, literally, like, or I could the other night over the... Uh, I think it was the sun. It might have been the moon, but I saw it. And there was several news reports about how you could see it in Connecticut and how you could see it in mass. 
and it is so absurd to me that he is just okay with being like, oh, it'll cool down. It'll just cool down, just like the coronavirus. It just. Are you referring to the the smoke, the smoke from the wildfires in California? Correct. Correct. Oh, okay, I thought you meant from Minnesota. Sorry. Well, I was kind of t- tying Those fires the two are together. Closer. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> I was kind of tying the two together. Why would yeah. he care about Minnesota when he doesn't care about California? That's literally burning in Minnesota. Ground right now. Well, yeah. He sees forward. opportunity in Minnesota. I'll tell you what, if Berkeley burns to the ground, maybe he'll go out there and campaign in the suburbs because that's the way Donald Trump thinks and operates. He's only going to go somewhere where he thinks there's an opportunity. He's got no problem trying to turn people against each other. Again, he could talk about how, you know, uh, cognitively cognitively unaware joe biden is you know again if you spend 20 minutes listening to joe biden speak and 20 minutes of donald trump speak and you don't see the difference yikes i see i see the difference i see the difference all right just not the way you see it but i see the difference it's mike it's stunning if you see it any differently i mean it, it 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 doesn't it's to me the the difference is is stunning just in what they say, what they talk about, and who they care about. Donald Trump is still out there trying to tout the economy with like an 11.5% rate. Like, are you out of your mind? You could talk about the stock market all you want, but 83% of the stock market is owned by 1% of the population. Seriously, so, that's so what I'm what, saying. What's, what's the benefit of a of a huge of a of a huge stock market if the only people that are cashing in are the top like fifteen percent of the country? It doesn't right. do anything for working families. It doesn't do anything for the working poor. It doesn't do anything for the middle class. But they have you so convinced that correct. If you correct. make people like, don't understand how the economy works, they think good stock market means that it's we're doing well, and then it it could mean no, no, nothing could be further from the truth on that. And that it also doesn't completely run in a cycle. Like it, it, it fluctuates throughout the years and it also doesn't really depend on who is in office or what they do. <laughs> well, as I said, and it doesn't matter who wins November 3rd, we're going to get hit with a recession in 2021. That's going right. to knock us for a friggin' loop. Love and it. it really doesn't matter who the president is. And it doesn't matter who is on the Supreme court when it happens, it's coming and it's going to be a rough one. And we probably have Donald Trump to thank for that. Absolutely. And I think that if we if he wins, we're just going to we're just going to obviously get ourselves into even more. But this is the thing. When we're voting for Joe Biden, I don't want people to think or when I say vote for Joe Biden, I don't want people to think that I believe that he is the end all be all that Joe Biden is just going to fix it right up. We know that Joe Biden isn't going to fix it right up. But we want Joe Biden so we can try to fix it as best as we can for ourselves. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, we don't expect Joe Biden to necessarily really do anything for us. Yeah, sure. I don't think anyone thinks this is the second coming of Obama or that this is like FDR or JFK. I Again, and I think it's unfortunate, Mike, that, uh, I mean, when you look at the numbers, most people who were voting for Joe Biden just don't want Donald Trump to be the president anymore. And I've never seen anything like that in my life. The idea that people are voting for somebody just because the other guy's that awful. And Mike, I'm just saying it's so cool. Like, well, wait a minute. 
is that other guy really that awful? And for obviously growing numbers, and especially if there's two different groups of Republicans that are like completely against the president. It's mind-blowing how, pe- how more people aren't seeing. Mike, there's two different groups to join at this point. I agree. No, I agree. There, there's a, I, I will agree with that as far as like the Republican Party. Yeah, there are. T- there definitely is those in the Republican Party that say, what What the hell do we do putting this guy as our candidate, as our nominee? I agree with that. But, but I'm going to reserve, I'm gonna reserve the rest of my I'm going to reserve the rest of my opinion for a later time, though. I have I have some reasons. And like I said, I'm going to keep teasing it over and over again. Have you seen? Uh, Victoria, do you have her name? The the uh, woman he's considering for the Supreme Court. I've seen her. Oh, no. I forgot the name, but I have her name. Yeah, I've seen her. Something Coney Barrett or something to that effect. Yeah. Oh wait, 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 I might have it. Okay, now I'm going to try to be um, as respectful about religion as I can. Okay, oh, you better be. Um, so you know how I feel about this. I grew up Roman Catholic. Um, if you if you read science at all, they've debunked everything about it. None of it's true. Like none of it happened. There's no evidence for it. And and I know Mike's already Mike doesn't like this already. This woman signed a document recently, basically saying, um, the teachings of the Catholic Church are the truth. And I'm sorry to say, for me, that completely has to disqualify you. As an adult, but, but that, hold on a second, Joe. I agree with that. I agree with that. It, the teaching of the Catholic Church is not the truth. I should say. I got reasons okay. for that too. I got but maybe for her truth. Di- you're a different denomination. Is that why? Well, I'm not. Ca- I'm not Roman yeah, Catholic. Yeah, this is right. You're like forget that. Uh, listen. You know, when John F. Kennedy ran for president, there was a lot of question for John F. Kennedy about whether the Pope was his ultimate ruler on earth, and he was like, "No, of course not." Um, Mitt Romney ran into the same thing because technically the head of the Mormon church is the person he's supposed to answer to. And Mitt Romney was like, no, of course not. I'm not going to do that. And I think it's very concerning for a Supreme court justice to to look at the Bible, the thing you're supposed to swear on as you take the oath to the constitution. She thinks that's more important than the constitution. I have a real problem with that. Why and, do we and, still do that? That is still absurd to me how we have religious freedom in this country, but we're still swearing on a Bible. That's like our end all be all of truth in you our You should swear government. on the Constitution, is oh, what you absolutely. should be swearing on. And or the penalty. You should be for... like, I swear on my mom. I feel like even that would be more. Uh, you know what I'm saying? That you has more swear, weight to me than you anything. You should swear on the Constitution, and if you violate your oath to the Constitution, you should be hanged by the same paper it was made out of. For real. <laughs> I, think that, I think that's fair. That's um, be tough. But listen, you you can't you can't tell me that the Catholic Church is the ultimate truth, and then step into a, a courtroom, the Supreme Court, no less, and tell me you're gonna. I, I'm sorry. I, I absolutely will have to put my foot down on this. There's no way somebody like that can be in a position like that. I'm sorry. We're, we're on like two different wavelengths Seriously. at this point. That is just, I mean, I, I again, if, if, if I mean, I, I've read the Bible. I was very, very Catholic, but I was oh, a, an yeah. older boy the whole nine. I mean, believe me, I'm not like, 
very dismissive. Yeah. I studied it. I know it. I've read all the counterpoints to it. I've I've listened to both sides. It's pretty clear that there's there's it's a lovely story and it it makes people feel good and it makes some people act really great and that's nice. But most of them don't. Um, but we we can't have that sort of ideology on the Supreme Court. I think that's absolute insanity. And yeah. I, I mean, there's. I, I, I don't think her candidacy gets off the ground at all. I know there's another one, a Hispanic woman uh, who's a pretty mm-hmm. tough uh, cookie down there in uh, Miami, I believe. M- maybe somebody like that. Um, again, a Federalist approved judge. You're going to have to, you know, if it's a conservative, you just hope that you don't get one who's a complete lunatic. And and unfortunately, I think uh, Coney Barrett is, uh, I can't. Also, she said that you don't have to follow precedent uh, in court oh. cases that you can. Noted. Uh, Sorry, all set there too. Yep, right. Not how it works. You don't get to just change the law because that's how I you can do see it. why or Trump likes magical. her. Listen, you can't be on the Supreme Court if you believe in magic. Is that fair? They're like to you. <laughs> if you believe in magic, any sort of fairies or spirits, then sorry, you're out. Right, and I think that that is it. It hurts. It hurts to believe that somebody who might determine whether we have, you know, gay rights or abortions or a lot of really determining things in the future of this country that could impact so much that we could get into. It's that could literally be a whole nother episode. The fact that that is being based off of religion and this, potentially this clown that is so scary. And I want to ask specifically, because this is mostly directed at like my my family right here. How, especially after hearing that, are you an atheist Trump supporter? How is that how does that register? That's the question that I would like to leave off on. <laughs> Interesting. How? Are there Joe, any atheist uh, Trump supporters out there? Maybe they can chime in. Well, Joe, I how long have you not been religious for? Because I know about your timeline, about your politics shift. But yeah, when I stopped, did that? I stopped being. Um, I stopped being a Catholic before I changed parties, and I'll tell you, it made it easier. So that is interesting. Oh yeah, once I was able to get the the religious thought and the conservative thought out of my head uh, and look at it more objectively, it was much easier to be like, oh, yeah, I get it. You know, and then you throw in a little empathy and you could see where uh, it's a bummer for people who aren't a white dude. Uh, I totally saw that. I have a lot of friends, you know, I mean, I literally I remember after Trayvon Martin talking to black friends of mine being like, come on, guys, like, it's not that tough out there, is it? And they were all like, oh, my God, dude, it's like a constant harassment. You're constantly being discriminated against. I had a student uh, who graduated a young black fella, great smile, real sweet kid, had really cool, uh, a really cool hair. Uh, The day of his graduation, he showed up and he was wearing a hat and everybody was like, oh, my God, they're like, did you cut your hair? And he said, yes, I did. And he took his hat off and he was completely bald and we were all shocked. And he said, I'm not stupid. I'm trying to get a job. Mm -hmm. And he knows having black person hair probably isn't going to get him the job. And he's 19 years old. And it's sad that a 19 year old black kid feels like he has to cut his hair and conform to a certain way 
in 2020 America, but that's the reality we live in. And you hear so many of these stories from so many people, and how, how could that not influence your feelings or your thoughts or your perspective? You know what I mean? I've talked to so many people, and I've heard so many sad stories, and I've seen so many people get mistreated, and no one's asking for anything more than equality. And yet the other side stunningly is like, I don't, I just don't think so. Not now. If you're going to ask, can you, can you like be quiet and peaceful about it? Like, are are you serious? I mean, this, this didn't have to go this way. None of this had to go this way for some reason. Whenever one group in this country is like, we want to be recognized. We want rights. There's always going to be that group. And it's generally white. Older guys are like, no, we got to stop that. And, 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 and that's Mike, Mike, that's the reason why people are so anti-white male at this point, because we've been kind of dicks for a long time. I get it. And when they say, when they say all white guys, they don't mean us because we're the good guys. But they mean most of them. And you got to be able to know the difference. Right, Victoria? When you say all men are disgusting pigs, I know you're not talking to me. I don't even feel the need to be like, well, not me, though, Victoria, because I get it. Mm-hmm. And I like, if you have to be like, oh, but me, tis I, that's me who you're talking about, that you're the issue. You're probably the problem. And it, I feel like a lot of the conversations get started because everybody's got a question. If any group that's been discriminated against has an issue, there's always 10 million questions as to why is that valid? Like, why is that true for you? You have to make me understand why you feel that way. And I don't think that anybody owes that to anybody. I think that we should just be able to live and do whatever we want to. Well, uh, you get it. But but like, <laughs> both sides think that. I mean, that's like a that's like, like a libertarian bumper sticker. But our realities are you so do different. You want within reason that doesn't hurt other people and doesn't infringe upon other people's rights. Yes, that's basically how it's supposed to go. Everybody should have a right to live their life and not be harassed by the cops. They should be able to find opportunity. They should be able to get health care. I mean, these are all basic things that I, I, I can't believe that the right is so dead set against health care. I, I find yeah, that absolutely seriously. stunning. The, the, the Democrats want you to have health care that's either free or affordable, so that you don't die or go bankrupt. And for some reason, and Moss, you fools are like, no, we don't want that. Seriously. What are you even talking about? Do you just not want it because the stupid liberals suggested yes. it? Like, really? 100%. We can't do it. It's it's the whole thing is shocking. It really is. It reminds me too, after Sandy Hook, um, President Obama brought up some points that Wayne LaPierre from the uh, NRA had brought up, the idea of closing up the the straw man loopholes and the background checks. And I I watched the speech. It was almost verbatim what Obama called for was exactly what Wayne LaPierre had said just two years earlier. But only when Obama suggested Wayne LaPierre's ideas back to him, he said, hell no. Those were... What in the like? This is where we're at. Where if the liberals say it, the nope, never. 
And if the conservatives say it, it's racist. That's where we are in this country. Am I right? Like, you like that one? Um, I still hate Nancy Pelosi. Yeah. I still think she's a big part of the problem. I think she's mm-hmm. as an obstructionist as there is. Um, so I will always put that out there. I don't think she's doing anybody any favors. Here we are going on like, what, two months with no second stimulus? You guys are killing me. I'm a big fan of the, and I can't push this enough. I say vote every single incumbent out of office, everywhere yep. you are, in every single election, kick them all out. Let's, let's bring start all over. Crew in mm-hmm. and let's see what happens. And if those bums can't get it done, in four, we'll give them the door. Yeah. Because I'm tired of this garbage. Frogs this in is there. unbelievable. The way Mitch McConnell and Nancy Pelosi hold this country hostage for their own gain is disgusting. And, and they tell us it's for us. And then you add this loser president to the mix. I mean, the, the, the government, this is the worst government we have ever had ever in United States history. Both sides, Mike. Just not, especially not, not after we lost at all. I'll agree it's we both sides. I'll agree it's both sides. I would like to leave off on, I feel like a little bit of a higher note. I just kind of want to go over some of Ruth Bader Ginsburg's greatest accomplishments. She was the only Supreme Court justice to become a pop culture icon. She was the first justice to officiate a same-sex marriage. She had, in the year of our Lord, removed from the Supreme, Supreme Court bar certificates. She is one of only four female justices in history. She became the first female Jewish Jewish Supreme Court justice. She argued six cases before the Supreme Court and won five. She co-founded the Women's Rights Project at ACLU, and she co-founded the Law First Journal on Women's Rights. And that's only just like some of them, but I just wanted to share some of those before we left. You can find us on our Facebook page or at crestmedia.com slash divided we stand for me victoria lang i did it again i said myself first again it's weird and i need to stop doing that for me joe aguire and mike gaudiosi we are out Come on.